Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field, dealing with the question of the week. We've had a lot of questions uh, after our uh, wrap-up bug meeting that we had here a week or so ago, and questions about what's the forecast forward for insects and insect pressure? Should we do anything different than normal? A lot of questions about how does the, the winter of 2016 and 17 stack up. And I want to just do a little bit of recap there and what it means looking forward. Here in the state of Illinois, the um, winter was the fifth warmest on record, and records go back to 1895. So we're talking about a, a only a few days of frost, and the frost never got very deep within it itself. Also, it's a winter without moisture. Uh, stream flows, uh, as of this report, are in that two-thirds of the state are 10 to 30 percent below normal, and we're bordering on that dry um abnormally dry zone in about two-thirds of our state. So water's starting to become a premium. We got some in the forecast here if that uh, you know can change in a week's time. But what does this warm winter mean uh, when it comes to insects and disease? Well, probably a not a lot on the disease front. Uh, a lot of things are going to change. We do see some good decomposition out here compared to other years. So the more residue we've decomposed, the more nutrients we can cycle and the less disease pressure moving forward. But I don't think the winter is going to play that big a deal on in, in disease pressure at this point. But it is going to make a difference on the population of overwintering insects. Now, by not freezing the ground hard, uh, the shallow insects or insects that are at the surface uh, have a higher survival rate. Now, we, we don't think too much of wireworm and grub being affected by the winter because they do tend to go deep uh, from a freezing-thawing scenario. They're moving around, but it will have some effect on them. But other insects that lay their eggs, depending on how deep they lay their eggs, like the rootworm and the beanleaf beetle, uh, this has been a pretty good winter on them. So we'd expect survival rate uh, for them to be higher than normal where it is. And, you know, with the rootworm and the beanleaf beetle, if you get a lot of cracks in the field um, in the fall before, they can go pretty deep and lay their eggs. We didn't have that. We had a pretty good July and August from that perspective. So we didn't have a lot of cracks. So there'd be shallow laid eggs out there that we're going to have to deal with. Now with the beanleaf beetle, last year uh, we saw our first beanleaf beetle April 26th. Uh, where we are now, we're ahead in heat units compared to last year, and if it stays on this pace, we're going to see beanleaf beetle already mid to early April here in central Illinois. So that means you guys that are going to push your planting window, you're going to plant beans early. A lot of talk about planting beans early. The beanleaf beetle is going to be right there with you. So just because you're planting in April doesn't mean you're not going to have to watch for that insect. We sure don't want it to take out cotyledons and the arch of the beetle or the bean plant itself before it gets out of the ground. So be paying attention to that bean leaf beetle itself. Another insect of concern is the flea beetle. So we look at January, February temperatures and it's a predicting of bean leaf beetle survival. This is the first time, gosh, I'm getting almost 15 years that we exceeded the high risk mark, meaning that indicators that this insect will be something to deal with based on our overwintering conditions. We worry about the flea beetle because of steward's wilt. So the flea beetle is the vector of steward's wilt, which is a bacteria that can rattle corn. So this would be here to look through your genetics and see uh, what is your steward's wilt score. Uh, and not all hybrids rate um, Stewart's Wilt score. We have seen some correlation between a Stewart's Wilt score and a Goss's Wilt score, but it's not as clear as somebody rating the hybrid on Stewart's Wilt. 
So this is a scenario where those are the hybrids we got to watch, uh, and we may have to treat this flea beetle before it does too much damage and brings on the steward's well itself. Other insects overwinter above ground. They overwinter in the corn residues, such as your corn borer and your earworm, and we do anticipate the pressure going up for them as well. Now, it's been kind of interesting to watch as a number of you have moved from traded corn to completely untraded corn, how within a matter of a couple of years of untraded corn, we see a bump in the corn borer population, meaning the corn borer population is responding to the lack of traits itself. Again, for you guys that are corn on corn and you're not using some of these traits, expect to pay attention uh, in this case that the fact that this is going to be a good winner for both the earworm and the cornworm itself. Now, some other insects that overwinter, uh, one that we, but we also need to pay attention to are things like the stalk borer uh, and the sea corn maggot. Last fall, the stalk borer was laying its eggs on grasses, typically that would be around the outside of the field, fence rows and stuff like that. Uh, and then they're going to uh, survive the winter and and come out and hatch here in the spring. So the conditions that we want to think about is how, where was that grass or that residue for them to lay their eggs in. And for you guys with the cover crops, stock borer have become a bigger issue now because we find them out in the field itself. And remember, a stock borer, we have kind of a narrow window between that hatch and between when they get in the crop. Last year, our hatch um, for that stock borer, uh, you know, it was around May 10th when we had about 50% of them hatched out. Again, as we look this year, that hatch is probably going to be moved up. We're probably going to be looking at mid to end April in that scenario itself. Same with the sea corn maggot. It kind of moves in and starts laying its eggs in the spring in the heavier residue areas, typically failed weed areas, that type of thing. Again, cover crops come back into sea corn maggot problems that we've dealt with the last three or four years where they will lay their eggs on the cover crop and then end up being a problem uh, within the corn or the bean crop that follows it itself. There again, there's no rescue treatment when we talk about seed corn maggot. Uh, you're just going to have to replant with an insecticide if you didn't have one the first time. And if you're in soybeans, you're going to have to let them get to the pupa stage before you replant your soybeans. Stock bore, you got to get them between hatch and before they get in the stock, or you're not going to be able to stop them. Once they're in the corn plant or once they're in the giant ragweed that's out there, it's going to be hard to kill the giant ragweed itself. So yes, this warm winter is going to affect your scouting. So your pest boss needs to be alerted to this. We need to pay attention to uh, how it builds up from here. But we're going to see some rebuilding of populations um, that, that are out there just because of the soft winter that we had itself. So hope that helps you. We'll talk to you next week.